Hello, my name is Nick Spasic, and you're listening to From and Inspired by, a podcast about soundtracks and the people who make them. On this episode, we continue our Halloween series talking with G. Tom Mack about Cry Little Sister, his theme song to the 1987 teenage vampire film, The Lost Boys. The soundtrack to 1987's The Lost Boys is a collection of amazingly catchy tracks, be it NXS teaming up with the Easy Beats' Jimmy Barnes to do a version of Good Times, the Who's Roger Daltrey covering Don't Let the Sun Go Down on Me, or the exquisitely perfect version of The Doors' People Are Strange by Echo and the Bunnymen. The soundtrack is a nice collection of classic songs by what were then modern artists. It's an interesting nod to the ageless nature of the forever young vampires in the film. However, the film's theme song Cry Little Sister by Gerard McMahon is the only cut to appear twice in the film and definitely does a job of sonically conveying the concept of the film in like a three-minute pop song. McMahon, who now performs under the aegis of G. Tom Mack, has also recorded a musical sort of prequel to The Lost Boys. Entitled A Lost Boys Story, this sees release later this October, and we were excited Excited to talk with McMahon about both the film and the upcoming musical. He just hit that magic with making a film that just had that ever essence of just just the right vibe, the right kind of look, and yeah, I mean he's got remarkable sensibilities as a filmmaker, and also has great 
sensibilities in you know music as well. So I was honored to be a part of that um, process in which I wrote the theme song to it. So it's yeah, it's just you know, I, I, I can't say a good enough good things about the working relationship I had with Joel at the time, and we developed a great friendship out of it as well. So how are you originally approached uh, to, to work on The Lost Boys? Well, Joe actually was meeting with the head of Warner Brothers' music department, and he said, you know, I really like, my real name is Gerard McManus, I really like Gerard McManus' um, um, work. I, we've met before, I was, we were hoping to work together at some point, and I was doing a movie called DC Cab. And I was too young to do it, I was only 12, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, anyway, that didn't work out because I was, I can't remember what happened. I was on the road or something, you know, could have been working on another project. But he got a hold of me and said, you know, I'd love you to take a shot at writing the theme song to my film, The Lost Boys. And I said, oh, cool. And I said, what are you about? He told me. And then he, um, I asked him, I said, well, can I, when can I take a look at it? He said, well, we're filming now. You really can't look at it, but if I sent you a script, would you be good with that? Maybe you'd get some inspiration from it. And I thought to myself, well, just, at that point, I'd only done about, four, only, I'd only about 14 movies, I think, up to that stage. And every one of them, I'd had a, the luxury of looking at the film to create or to look, get a vibe, right? And uh, of what the film was, with the characters and the flow of the actual visuals of the film. And I said, well, why not? Send it on. And we did. And I read the script one night. I was in New York. I had moved back to New York at that time. And, uh, but at the next morning, I was, first of all, just thought the script was fun and it had that place where horror and humor meet. And I thought, that's just really cool. And, uh, but at the next day, instead of like something that I felt, you know, I had a whole lot of visual in my mind as to what the film may look like, which was completely different than what I, what it ended up being. Once I got on, uh, the sound stage and all that with it, with the music. But um, I wrote it one morning, and I got up to my studio. It just seemed to flow within a couple of hours it was done. And I just felt like, you know, I wanted to write something that had something to do with finding family, had something to do, because I felt the loneliness of this vampire as opposed to all the humor that was going in and his sort of David's character, Peter Sutherland's character, David, being this sort of rebel without a cause, you know, James Dean kind of God. So, but I also felt like it was very, very much like him trying to find family in which he does with his vampires and what have you. But I also wanted to make sure it, 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 it wasn't just about the movie, that it had some, a broader spectrum to itself as a song and it was for the film. I've always hated those movies where the song is so dead on to what or spot on to what the film's about, you know. Uh, I mean, I'm, I suppose they want it that way sometimes. But uh, anyway, that's how I wrote it. I mean, it was, it was from my apartment, getting a cab, writing it on the way up to my studio in mid-Manhattan, and um, before I knew it, I was, you know, in the studio and just writing and then recording it, sent him a demo, he rings me back two days later, I sent it on to him, and two days later he rings me from the set he said you will not believe I'm sitting here with Cooper Sutherland and your song is playing in repeat throughout all the scenes we're playing it is unbelievable how well this is working how did you know and I'm going to well I didn't I just went with my gut as to you know say how it felt that's kind of how it happened 
Well, and I, I think I think it's a, a very good testament to that universality that you speak of, in that it plays at the beginning under the the opening title, and works just as well as when it's played underneath the the love scene between Michael and Star. But I would think those are two very different scenes. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting. In the beginning of the film, they had my voice, my voice in it. And I was watching, I said, take my voice out. and just had the quiet and just the shot. And everybody, my manager thought I was shooting myself in the fucking head. Well, shooting my career in the head. I said, no, it works far better once it comes to the romance, that sort of scene in the middle of the star. Because the voice, that's, that's sort of the critical, or rather, the subconscious of the vampire, and that's what you want to have going over that scene. And I can't remember how it all came down, and then that's how it ended up being, you know? Um, but it was, you know, yeah, it's kind of synergy at its best, from the music to the film, the film to the music, and it would be nice if that happened every day. <laughs> it seems like in the 80s, you had a very good finger on the pulse of sort of teenage films like like, just remembering like your music and like Fast Times at Ridgemont High and all the right moves but it's also in things like Spring Break and Heart Bodies which are very you know all over the place including but they're all very much like teen movies or like young adult was there like an an appeal to to having your music uh, associated with like that sort of very big boom in youthful movies that happened in the mid-80s? Yeah, I mean, my first film was a little film called Defiance, which was produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. It was my first play. And he really wanted to have a, um, he was in the early 80s, and so I really wanted to have um, a real sort of streety, gritty sound to the soundtrack. And so I wrote the themes, the main song that opens the movie, and I kind of made my voice sound a bit like Bob Bob Seger meets Tom Waits, you know, to kind of get that this soulful, gritty, sweet vibe. And I thought, well, put the demo down. I, I sang it in the room like that. He said, my God, it's nice. You know, I don't really sound like this. We can bring in another singer, and we can get that to sound that way. I love the way you're doing it. So at that stage, I realized, and then he said, two days later, I want you to write all the songs to it using that voice. And typical Jerry, he knows something to write. Um, he goes with it. So I wrote four more songs, or three or four more songs to that particular movie. And um, I realized at that point I had that chameleon factor that I could write, I could be almost like an actor to the film. And that's much what happened once I saw once Cameron Crowe got a hold of you know, what I was doing um, musically. That's when I ended up with Fast Songs at Richmond High, which was far more new. My song, Looking Your Eyes in That, which it was me, but it was also, they had really wanted kind of a Tom Petty's ballad kind of thing, and I kind of went there in a way. And um, I just, through the films, I started to discover my chameleon after a few you know, of how I um, approached doing movies, because I knew, part of me knew that you weren't going to get every movie, but you'd get a lot of movies <laughs> if you. If you did that, and and a lot of it was like with time too, is I would pass on something I didn't really well, not early days, but like when Jerry Beckham was doing Flashdance, I thought the script was rubbish, and I said, ah, come on, man, I'm not going to do this, you know. 
expression of, at that point, I, I was cutting edge to myself, and that was a little bit um, too glossy. But I had no regrets, you know, I went on to do, you know, I think I went on to do that, <laughs> I on high instead of that movie. And, um, and just things just sort of, you know, um, I mean, I've done some clunkers, but uh, for the most part, I feel pretty good about the choices I made. And a lot of times, the clunkers were just songs already written, but they just did license from, from the community uh, in the film. So some certain things, like um, Spring Break, I didn't watch the movie. They just made a song that was sitting around in one. So, but then the ones like all the right moves, I wrote with Mr. Mr. Popularity and met, got what the director wanted out of that. So it's challenging, you know. I love I love that that thing of writing something for a film. It's um, there's no better feeling when you love the film, which I did with Lost Boys and um, the other the films I mentioned. It's a blood drip job and it don't pay what And it's 24-7 on the week Looking for clues and signs of the poison kind It's a frog's life searching every freak A cop don't know how a vampire strolls That's a frog's job loaded specialty You even got to update uh, Cry Little Sister for the the Lost Boys, the Tribe movie, and like it's it, it's sort of uh, the heart of the song is there, but it's sort of uh, updated for the modern age. What was the the process of sort of uh, changing a song twenty years down the line? Well, first of all, I didn't like that movie. One of those had me look at it, and they wanted me to be in to a version in the movie and I said I'm not going to do that and I just said you know they have the rights you know, part of my deal with them they can use my song in the franchise of the Lost Boys and pay me of course so I said you that, you know you best get somebody else to do it you know and I'm, I'm just not going to I'm just not into this and they said well we need validation would you consider being on the DVD as a bonus and I thought well that won't damage me so I went and just sort of made a whole new version, sort of, you know, industrially kind of vibe with it, but utilizing the intro of my original version, and, uh, you know, made a kind of a cool bit, made a cool little video of it, and it was um, a bonus on the DVD. So I thought, yeah, I mean, it was kind of fun, just, you know, a lot of people loved it, some people hated it. But it was blasphemous that I would go in that sort of, you know, nine-inch nails kind of vibe with it. But I just wanted to take my song and muck it up a bit and see, see what else what else was in it, you know? And, um, you know, the same thing with True Blood, you know, I made a bluesy version out of it. People love it, and also a lot of hardcore fans say, how could you do that? But, you know, it's, um, listen, I'm not out there to blasphemize my own song. I'm not there to try things out and to experiment. That's what I am as an artist. Kind of going back to what you were talking about, about being uh, sort of a, a musical chameleon, um, I've got to listen to the, the snippets that your publicist sent me from A Lost Boys Story, and I was very much... The musical? Yes. 
I was very much uh, impressed with sort of like the the different uh, sounds and everything that take place within the the different songs. Like even uh, I think it was the the Frog Brothers song. Like just has all just within like a little two minute snippet has so many different um, musical elements to it, but they all work really well together. Um, when did you start work on this? Well, I started conceptualizing it about five years ago and thinking that this was, could be a musical. I studied musical theater years ago. And for no other reason, I just thought, well, maybe one day this might come in handy to understand the formula of how musicals are made and what you have to do in order to get the book right and the music right. And um, so I... Basically, thought Lost Boys could be a good musical, even though vampire movie, rather vampire stories have not notoriously worked well on the theater stage. And both, uh, well, I thought Lost Boys had such a great sense of humor to it, and it had such youth to it that it could actually work. And I started mucking about for a couple of years, writing ideas down, writing the storyline out starting to think, well, what is the story that within the story that we see in the movie? So it's somewhat of a prequel. We start off with David at five years of age as a, in an orphanage in Lithuania, and he gets adopted by an American family. And um, the journey begins there, and his journey across America, finding the other vampire, and they all go to California. So um, and he starts out as, a, as a, an adopted child in uh, Nova Scotia. So, but you mentioned the Frog Brothers song, A Frog Grow Hero. Well, that is just playing fun, you know, because it's cheeky, it's them being these detectives, and the town is one, the town of Santa Carla going, are you kidding me? The cops can't take care of this, so you've got these guys doing it, and there's a bit of that, you know, fun with it. And um, I always love the Frog Brothers aspect of, of Lost Boys. But yeah, I mean, I, I, to get back to your point, I, it took a while to get the actual book, whether in the world of theater, it's the book is to what scripts are to movies. And um, I just started writing the book, getting it fleshed out, and, and bringing in another really pro book writer to complete and to collaborate on the remainder of it. But all the songs are written. There's about 12 main songs in the musical. And um, I'm well proud of what I've come with. It certainly took me you know, a while. It wasn't like it took forever to write a song. It was just getting everything to feel like they all read it together well within the story. So, um, and I love it. The fact you could, I could take on different personalities of various, of the various characters of writing the songs. And, and that's what you do when you're a writer for the state, for the theatrical stage. So, yeah, I'm quite pleased. just at the artwork done yesterday. And because the album, actually the music, uh, rather the musical's album, A Lost Story Story, comes out late September. And the idea is to be able to expose it to the fans. And, and everybody else for that matter. And so as we build the musical, people will know the music before they go into the theater. So it's kind of a cool, hmm, dare I say, marketing plan, which I didn't come up with, but I think it's pretty cool. And um, yeah, we're kind of on our way. Well, it seems like the, the 
musicals that have been based on sort of uh, horror films with an element of humor to them have all worked out really well. Things like Evil Dead and Reanimator and Toxic Avenger have all had musicals sort of based on those films, and they've all done quite well and still run in various uh, places, even, you know, five or ten years after they started. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm not disputing that, mate. I think when I say... When I talk about theater like Broadway and the West End in London, there's, there's great theater around the world, and it doesn't have to be a huge hit. I'm just, the idea with the people I'm working with on this film, this, on this play, it's a Broadway thing, it's a West End in London kind of, you know, uh, 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 that's where we're hoping to build, uh, where we're going and building the base and going there, and, you know, thank God I've got a great Broadway theater producer on board who's highly successful and has been working in, with all, all the angles with this and he feels very confident about what we have here. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a great brand, Lost Boys, and to your point, I mean, Broadway, Broadway things like Jim Stein's Vampire uh, theatrical release that came out 10 years ago didn't do. It was kind of, you know, that didn't do well, and then, uh, which is, it was cool, you know, and Elton John and Tim Rice's Miss Scott kind of failed. But you know something? It, it never fails in the sense that those fans to those particular, especially Miss Scott, they play all around the world, and that, we seem to forget that, and I think that's a great point that you bring up, that, you know, just because a musical doesn't work on Broadway, or, you know, or has a run of like two or three months and it's over, I mean, we all hope to get American Idiot, Kinky Boots, and, and Wicked, you know? <laughs> and I hope, I hope we can do, we can, and the idea with my producers and the people involved is to achieve that. But listen, if it, if it achieves going to theaters around the world, I'll be bloody well happy with that. Well, I can't wait to, to hear all of these songs in full, and I know, like, the rest of the fans of The Lost Boys are probably just as expectant as I am. Sir, thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. This has been a real treat. Well, thank you so much, man. It's really great to um, meet you and to flush this thing out. We're gonna party, Thanks to G. Tom Mack for speaking with me. You can find links to purchase The Lost Boys, its soundtrack, and G. Tom Mack's albums in the show notes for this episode, which are at fromaninspiredby.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at fromInspiredPod, and you can subscribe to us via iTunes as well. G. Tom Mack is on Facebook at Thou Shalt Not Cry, on Twitter at G. Tom Mack, and on the web at gtommack.com. Please hit up the website and click on the Give Us Money button to help pay for web hosting and long-distance fees, and remember to leave us a review on iTunes. We'll be back next week talking about the music video for the Fat Boys' Are You Ready for Freddy from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. Until then, thanks for listening.
One thing about living in Santa Carla I never could stomach. All the damn vampires. <laughs>